people just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today I'm talking with Blair Morgan, someone whose recent posts on LinkedIn caught my eye and has a story truly worth sharing. Welcome, Blair. Hello, Helen. Nice to see you. Now, Blair is a fellow Kiwi, if you've picked that up from his accent, so chances are my accent's going to get stronger in this conversation, so fair warning to everybody as you're tuning in. Now, Blair, maybe you could kick off by telling us about that LinkedIn post and the story behind it. Yeah, thanks, Helen. Look, I, it was prompted by me coming out of a period of about almost exactly six months of taking the time out from a conscious kind of career, if you like. So I created this time for myself with, obviously, with my close consultation with my family and my wife, etc., who were fully on board. And it was really around, I'd made a transition from where I'd, I'd met you once previously when I was in the CIO role. This is going yes. back about 10 years. But so I guess in tech uh, management positions, predominantly in New Zealand government, but I transitioned into kind of secondment type roles and uh, then management consulting. So kind of taking something to the across the other side, if you like, from the table where I used to sit. Yes. And I've done that in conjunction with a bit of a disruption to our lifestyle that we moved back down from Wellington to Christchurch, where I grew up, where I think you, you grew up too, which I did. spent a lot of time, which we've talked about before. And anyway, so, and I think the, the COVID, the, that definitely informed some of the thinking, because I think a lot of us, were, almost without exception, were thinking during that time, it's like, well, this is kind of interesting, and what's it all about, and all this kind of thing. Anyway, so during that six months, I really kind of unplugged, and I did some things I wanted to do and concentrated on some kind of hobbies, particularly one in, in particular that I might talk about, and and did that. There was one thing I consciously wanted to do during that time, which was around the election 2020, helping out with that, because of the background that I had at, uh, working at Parliament, so I did that. And then it kind of just, during that time also, I worked out exactly who I wanted to kind of work for and, and in what circumstances what my ideal was and I could probably expand that as well and it's kind of happened from February this this year mid-February it kind of happened mm. and I guess the post was around okay well this has been great over these last few months um this is the sort of things I've been doing and I made sure I kind of thanked people that I'd kept in touch with over the last six months people I guess in my working network if you like but who I kind of just think all this mystique around your working network and your real self and your working persona, it's just all kind of, I'm just, I've got to a point where I'm a bit sick of all that. So anyway, these are people that I just like to keep in contact with, which I did. And through some of that is how I ended up doing what I'm doing now. So yeah, it's it's, it's a great time. Yeah. Mm. So that's what that was about. Yeah. Well, what caught my eye was particularly the photograph with it because Mm. there was a guitar in it. So come back to that in a moment. But I'm curious, for you, this decision to take this interruption, this rethinking, was that pre-COVID or post-COVID? It it was shaped definitely during COVID. So it wasn't pre-COVID. Right. No, not at all. It it was was definitely during during COVID. And you know kind of the timeline with New Zealand from which I guess was this time last year, really. So kind of late-ish March into 
early May, it was about five or six weeks, I think. And then that took us into winter, I guess, and I kind of stepped away from what I was doing late July. So kind of shaped, formed a bit of a shape over those winter Mm. months, yeah. Could you imagine if Mm. there hadn't been the situation of the pandemic that you might still have made a decision to kind of stop and recount your life? I don't know if it would have happened. Okay. I really don't, I think. I think the pandemic thing was like the, sh- the shot in the arm, yeah. not, to, not to use a crude kind yeah. of vaccine analogy that we're going through at the moment, but yeah. I think sometimes those really big moments in our life externally can be a real kind of shake-up to what is yeah. the normal routine and give us that moment to stop and go, hey, hang on, what is important to me? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And which yeah. sounds like that's what it was for you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm the sort of person that always needed to have something going on in terms of my working persona, if you like, needed to be always on and engaged. That it was always that way from late from time I entered the tech industry 21 years ago. It would have been unthinkable to take this amount of time off before. So, yep. what was it like to take the time off and turn off that persona for a while? Oh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I think it's fantastic with the odd caveat that you've just got to make sure that if you feel that perhaps there's an expectation not around your immediate family or those you might hold really, really close to you around, is this really what you should be doing or what are you yeah. doing? Have you got a job yet or, or what are you doing sort of thing? If you need to have your your mind completely in, in sync with having an answer to that or knowing what it keeping in touch with what you're doing and what your aim is and so on then it's fine and I will admit I mean maybe a couple of times during that time it was like oh this is you know um what what is the future going to be I'm not sure but then it's like I, I managed to kind of work through it and again it's just through talking to people that you really trust and stuff and yeah having that center in yourself really and your being that you there is nothing wrong with you. You are a good operator at what you do and all this. And so, yeah, that, that kind of reinforcement. What that suggests to me is that we have a very strong tie in our sense of identity and our sense of worth and our sense to fulfill that social contract of bringing in some money that when mm. people see us not working, that somehow mm. we've become untethered from the world. Or even for ourselves, like, well, who are we? If I can't say, hi, I'm Blair, I'm X, insert title here from mm, company mm, X. And so I'm like, mm. well, I'm Blair, who's mm. uh, in, on a break or, or, or doing something that somehow it kind of suddenly uh, creates that space where it's like, well, who am I and what am I doing? And, and I, I've been on similar breaks myself. And I think people get very concerned, like, you know, they don't like to see holes in your resume. It's not yeah. good when you see that because people then and I think, well, what do they think? Do they think that I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs or where where is my sense of worth is it when I'm actually got a title and I'm tethered to an organization and also the element too and I I thought it was interesting you said having consultation with your family because for Mm. some people it's like well it doesn't really matter what the title is it's if money's coming in because that's your job you're meant to be you know having income to provide for the family so who Mm. are you if you're not the breadwinner or the provider Mm. of the family yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I guess, especially true. I mean, I don't mind kind of maybe saying, hold on, you know, I'm in my early 50s now, and, you know, I grew up at a time um, where 
there was really still like well my mother didn't work mm. you know um my father worked and there was still that kind of madmen madmen as in the tv program yes. you know that kind of environment if you like um that was getting it, it really took until i think the 80s there for and various things happened certainly in new zealand but i think across society where that kind of shifted yeah you're absolutely right i it's like both of us working and as I say, in my early 50s, I mean, maybe there weren't some of those intense pressures that we, we would have financially that maybe we had 20 years ago. Mm. But I still think back and it's like, well, there is kind of ways you could maybe get around or, or just try and incorporate that, encompass it and, and tolerate some of those, these kind of points where these things happen, where perhaps you do move out of the working environment mm. for a time, you know. Particularly yep. people who've been employed for a very long time. Um, so I've had mm. a number of moments in my life where I was unemployed, not uh, intentionally and unintentionally, either because maybe a contract was coming to an end or that something actually ceased to exist in sort of an organization and I was made redundant. And so for me, there has been these punctuated moments in my life that I've then had to figure out. But I was recently talking to somebody who had been working for 40 years and there'd only been one moment in her life where she was made redundant. And that was so, so much turmoil because for her, mm. she just had this sense of continuity and a kind of that constancy of, well, I know what I'm going to be doing next week. I'm going to be turning up for work. And I know that I'll only have these breaks of maybe four weeks a year. So this mm. kind of notion mm. of having a break and being untethered at the same time, not that, you know, that yeah. break means I'm going back to a job was just so upsetting in terms of her own sense of who she was but also how people reacted around it but she recognized that you know there's a moment to some of the points you've already shared you kind of got to back yourself and just trust yourself and be centered and and find that so tell us about some of the things you were doing to find yourself and be centered in this break period well I I mentioned a hobby kind of earlier and I mean I've been playing music ever since I was I don't know, I'm trying to think, you know, six or seven or something like that. And all through high school, and then I kept it going after high school. And this is one of the things I noticed with peers or whatever, that you got through the high school where there was this kind of mechanism around doing that music. And then a lot of people just kind of dropped off because there wouldn't be an outlet or whatever. for. But anyway, I kept it going. And so now I'm heading back to the 80s there and... I guess kind of quite a long story short around it. I've always tried to do something with it, whether it was like when I lived in Australia, I was I was playing a bit in bands, I did all that kind of stuff. And I play a couple of instruments. So I was I was in the army band for a little while and based in Wellington, so the non-professional one. So it was kind of like a part-time thing. Mm. And then I'd always played in duos or trios or whatever but I started in around 2013 2014 doing a solo thing myself Mm. I have recorded the odd original thing too over the years but I haven't really done anything with it and I developed the solo kind of thing where I I go out and I play occasionally at the odd bar and so on just by myself but anyway once August hit last year I I mean the timing was I mean I can't think of just about the second last day, the second last day I had at work before I up to our work, I met up with someone that I used to play with 30 years ago in Christchurch. And I hadn't seen him for 20 years. And it was like, 
I just couldn't quite believe the timing of it anyway. So I, I got a duo going with him and we've yes. been playing quite often since we got that together. And also the open, I, I started going to open mic nights every night. So I was, instead of working during the day, I'd go out three or four times in the evening and do that. I still kept my solo thing going. And then around November, in hindsight, I should have done this right from August. Around November, I just thought, I should think about maybe getting a um, one of those kind of busking outfits with a little lamp and maybe try doing that because I've seen people do it often enough. Anyway, so I, I managed to track down an amp in Dunedin. I drove down there and we got it and came back and I started doing that, which led to markets, playing in markets and things. And, and then I kind of came to the thought, gee, I've really developed some kind of model here of I can be flexible with how I go out and do this. And at the same time, I... I climbed into my website I've got a music website that I kind of reserved domain names and put it up I hadn't spent any time on it so I did that and if I think about some of this activity I was doing it was not about even the busking thing wasn't about the money really it was Mm. around well I could practice at home in a room by myself or I could maybe just go out and do it have an extra edge to it when I do it all the time to actually challenge myself and also gives me a time of the day when I know I am going to be focused on doing something. Because one of the things when you take your time out is you just got to be careful about your time, about even though it's your time, there's certain planning around your time that I think you really need to... (laughs) Well, you know, structure. how you work best. You know, when you work, it's like yeah. somebody's expecting me to turn up somewhere at 8.30 and yeah, then there's yeah, a lunch yeah, break yeah. at 12 and at 5. And when you're untethered, yep. it's like, well, there is no structure in my day. Nobody requires me to be anywhere. So I can completely understand right. that notion like, well, I'll put some structure in my day. Otherwise, why would I get yeah. out of bed? Why would I get dressed? Yeah. So it kind of was the busy thing. And I will acknowledge some of these things that I do does bring in a little bit of income but honestly it's only enough really to go out and get more strings or something or just you know cover the costs of them those those kind of costs and stuff it wasn't ever going to be I was never ever really going to make a living out of music I just I just knew to do that I needed to be a Neil Finn or something and I'm not if that was easy to be something like that then everyone would do it you know but honestly that's a topic made for another discussion about how these people might do some of those things that they do. Given how much you were doing it at high school, was there ever a moment, whether it was yourself and others, like, oh, so what Blair's going to grow up to be as a musician? Yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah, nah. <laughs> and then, and is there a point because... where, where now people are like, so is Blair confused? Is he working in IT or is he a musician? I mean, people have these very binary ideas that you're one or the other. And I think your story actually shows, actually, you could be all of these things. But I'm curious what yeah. reactions others might have had. I do still get in my work. I've, I've, it's, it's become more visible the last few years. In my working life, if you like, my last consulting job, I even started turning up and doing during the pandemic with the Zoom calls and I'd be playing as part of team oh, meetings with people cool. around the bloody country. Yeah. You know? So I was doing that. So that was kind of now it's becoming known. Oh, oh, right, you do that, do you as well? It had really existed outside and it comes back to, all the things that you're saying around, I don't think you should put yourself in all these different boxes yeah. and, and kind of petition them off. I just cannot fathom that anymore. <laughs> and tell me, petition off yeah. from what? Just the fact that you're in this box and you do this, and this is part of what you do, and then over here you do a bit of this, and this is what you do. Oh, and then you, you're a family man too, and so that exists. 
over here too, you know. I think the pandemic has definitely, for a lot of people, broken down some of those boundaries. We're like, oh, I didn't yeah. know that you had children. Or, I, you know, yeah. one person was telling me about her on a Zoom call. There were actually, it was actually guitars were behind them and the guitars weren't yeah, actually yeah. theirs. They were their husbands. But, oh, really? So there's music in your life. And it's, I think, yeah, yeah. people have such very multi, uh, singular dimensional views of their colleagues that this has kind of opened up like, oh, you do this and you do this and you do that as well. But people have such strange ideas for something that looks like it might have money related to it that it must be something kind of like a career or somehow competing like well are you this or are you that and 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 I've had um, similar situations with something I've been doing recently and people keep going oh so it's a career change and I'm like no no it's just something Mm. on the side I'm just Mm. enriching my life adding something else in there absolutely and it's a lot to the fact that you were saying that one, you might be doing it to enrich yourself. And I think I heard you use the word challenge yourself, mm. that it's mm. not just, well, that's just something for me over there. You're actually seeing it as something like you see getting on the Zoom calls and playing some music that in itself, it might be another element that you bring to your colleagues and crossing over into your workspace. I kind of almost regret in the past that I never, in situations where I worked over the years, where you say I had an office, right? Yeah. I kind of regret I never had one, a guitar hanging in the office somewhere or on a stand or something. And the odd kind of meeting that you go to, it's like, I should have taken one along. You know, the meeting's about this, okay, well, let's break for five minutes and have a bit of a song or something. (laughs) That might sound really weird, but I just think, because I see the reaction of people and stuff, and I don't know, music seems to be something that still, you know, people can feel but better after hearing something. Well, and also, so. I think there's something about the power of people singing to go in a, a group. And, you know, from yep. a team development point of view, it's a collective activity. You've, you've literally got yeah. a few dimensions, and I could go quite off on a professional tangent here mm. in terms of like, okay, we're going to have to listen to each other so that we're in tune with each other and we're in time with sure. each other. And if we wanted to be a bit creative, somebody might go in harmony and add to a rhythm yep. that's below it, or other people might bring in different instruments. And I think there could be a wonderful thing if people, because I think music's one of those things people go, oh, I can't carry a tune, or I'm no good at this. It, it's kind of almost got its own little bubble that it's like well no 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 it stays over there and I'm just a listener I'm not a participant I don't think there's anything natural about me I just think I just I put some work in when I was um, growing up you know big time and then I don't know I just I kind of worked at it it's kind of practice 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 but I think yeah from what you were saying as well I I, I don't buy the fact that some people think they're completely non- musical I don't I don't really buy into that I think mm. this you know you you said yeah. something about that um and which is an element I hadn't appreciated about your music that there had been some composing and writing some of your mm. own songs and uh even recording which I think brings in a whole other skill set and a mindset of what you're doing do you see even though it might not be directly happening mm. in your IT-ish work that there's some kind of crossover or uh yeah I do yep I think it's all around problem solving. If you sit down and try and create something, compose something, you develop your own way that you might be comfortable in doing that and it does vary between individuals. And and this this can apply in a working context with what's your best way of working, you know. Mm. So there's that aspect. There's also you're just trying to think through and solve something. And like, especially in IT, it's all around solving puzzles and riddles all the time, you know. 
and trying to unpick conversations that might be coming at you that you think, okay, hang on, is that right or what? And and giving yourself time to do that. And I think, yeah, time to do things, your way of working and discipline, along with the problem-solving thing, puzzles. I do find parallels with that. I, do, I have come across quite a number of people that are really into playing music and stuff in IT. I don't know if it's just because I've been in IT too long or what, but I do find that. So I think it can be something that does cross over and maybe it applies to other mm. elements of the arts as well. It's one of those yeah. interesting conversations when people are talking about like the STEM subjects are the important thing and somehow the arts uh, are less important. And I think what you're putting here is a case for actually some of those things that you do that might be arty-like actually yeah. have validity and can contribute quite richly to those STEM type subjects or fields. Yeah. It's all, all around being open to new things and just trying to yeah, spread yourself out and open your mind up a bit. I would imagine that given that you have children that this means as a father there's certain advice that you would be giving them that's possibly the advice that you would have liked to have given your younger self. <laughs> about how you might particularly because you know you mentioned you know we were a similar age so our life yeah. experience starting work in the 80s was quite different than those who are going to be starting work in the 2020s but I still think there's some things that maybe we knew or appreciated maybe because it was a less technologically fast-moving world but what yeah. sorts of things would you say yes they might be with a 2020 vision to yourself in the 80s or to somebody now in the 2020s about the world they inhabit I would have told myself around, I mean, my life basically consisted when I think about those kind of 80s when you're in your later teenage years, getting into, well, for me, I went straight from school to university and that stuff, but my world was quite rigid around, I did the studying, I, I did a part-time job, and I did my music, which was really nutting things out and learning how to play and self-teaching myself. And it was, that was kind of it. And there was certainly more to life than that at that time. And I think back and I used to shut things off before maybe I would kind of go and think, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that or try that. Okay, maybe rather than being really tunnel vision around stuff. So about being open to new things and new experiences and so on. And also don't carry around a judgment about something that maybe something might have happened and you're still carrying that around around the judging of something just try and forget it and move on and stuff so mm. I tell my younger self around don't beating myself up too much if you mm. think at the time something's an absolute calamity again you carry that around yeah don't just move on Part yeah. of my uh, current reality is when I think about things like that is I've been choosing to think of things as an experiment. And while I might not have started out intentionally thinking of it as an experiment, if I conceive it as an experiment, it kind of gives me a different way of approaching going, I actually don't need to succeed. The notion of whether I succeed or not actually doesn't have to be on the table because I don't know what I don't know. And also, too, yeah. I can do this thing once and I might never do it again. It's not like this yeah. thing has to build on this thing, has to build on this thing. And yeah. that it's like I have yeah. to have figured it all out about why I'm taking this step. It's like, why don't I just try it? And, you know, if nothing else, I'll learn I like it, I don't like it, so I can do more of it or less of it. And so it, I think it just takes a certain kind of pressure off about I'm supposed to have figured out how this fits into the bigger plan it's like no I don't I, I, I'm supposed to actually only do this if it has a high measure of success no I don't yep 
And that's the kind of advice I'm giving young people these days. <laughs> but I also recognize that I have the benefit of having a work scope that's 35 years of age. And so some might look and go, yeah, but you've tried a few things. I think, yes, but please take this wisdom <laughs> gained over those many years. And you can actually have a different work scope. You could approach it very differently than how I did it. I like how you've coined that term. I like that work scope. It's good. Don't tell me what work scope means to you then. Oh, I, I just can't go past the balance thing. I acknowledge I didn't get that right for many years. I think I was just too wrapped up in the, as we've talked about, either a working persona and perhaps an application or a diligence around that that was just out of whack. And that's probably around maybe taking things a bit too seriously or beating myself up or whatever and constantly trying to, you know, just that. It's like, okay, it's just one part of your existence, if you like, you know. Yes. It's not the be-all and end-all at, at your, you know, I'm getting quite philosophical here, but maybe at your memorial service, no one is going to say, oh, what a fine infrastructure manager at New Zealand Parliament <laughs> he was, or CIO at that yes. time. What an amazing achievement that was. Well, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, well, he showed empathy. He was a nice person. He was nice to others. He showed empathy. If they want to talk about your working thing, so what he was good at what he did. He was a good yeah. operator. But I imagine people are going to remember. He was the, wasn't he the guy who tuned up to the meeting with the guitar? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Wouldn't that be the lovely um, eulogy that yeah, somebody gives it and, and sure. says, "Oh, I remember that song that he wrote. That really yeah, yeah, spoke yeah. to me." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I think yeah. offers yeah. such possibility where people might think, oh, well, that would be the dream of a musician. It's like, well, no, actually, I was a person who was multifaceted and, and all my technicolor. Yep. Yeah. Blair, thank you so much for sharing that story. It has been fascinating. As I said, it caught my eye because you don't normally see people putting a post on LinkedIn with a guitar in it. It just kind of jolted in terms of that notion of LinkedIn. But I, I'm <laughs> loving that you are fully embracing this in richness. And thank you for sharing. Thank you, Helen. Oh, pleasure. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beselfunlimited.com 